Hey, good morning, everybody. It is Pastor Randy over here at uh, Made Free Church, Tactical Discipleship, and ServantForChrist.com. Hope you guys are having an amazing morning. I know I am. Every time I wake up and and, and say good morning to the Lord, I'm like, oh, this is great. Um, you know, because it's, it's, I get to, you know, I get to live for Jesus. You know what I mean? And, and, and uh, a friend of mine and I were talking about some things last night. <laughs> and uh, it was pretty amazing. She has a different view uh, on things and than I do, and that's okay. You know what I mean? It's okay to disagree on certain uh, biblical, theological, and doctrinal matters that is not heretical, okay? So this morning, I'm going to do a four-part series on concerning the collection because Paul really got into this. And, um, you know, it just... just I'm going to be addressing some things and, and stuff like that. So I really want you guys just to pay attention because it's it's about stewardship, right? So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians. Uh, uh, um, uh, well, I didn't even put it up there. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 4. Um, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, it's it's kind of a, a cool thing. And, and just a couple uh, announcements before we get started. You know, uh, if you guys need prayer, please go to madefreechurch.org. We have a, an intercessory prayer team that prays over your request uh, every day. Um, and if you'd like, you know, well, no, if you'd like for one of us to call you, uh, leave your phone number in the in the phone number box, and uh, one of our one of us pastors and or any of our team will, will definitely get a hold of you and pray with you and minister to you. Uh, we we are a church that believes in evangelism. We're a church that believes in prayer, and these two things are essential to the Christian discipleship. Um, so this is a big thing. Also, guys, uh, if you're in Southern California, uh, Los Angeles, uh, the Inland Empire area, uh, we're going to get all that. We're going to get together, and we're going to go out and evangelize. So if you'd like to come out with us, please message me. Um, either on Facebook or message me through uh, the Tactical Discipleship website or uh, the Made Free Church website. And if you guys want to check out Tactical Discipleship, it is tacticaldiscipleship.org. Okay? Um, and uh, just message me through there and I will get back in touch with you and let you know where we're going to be, what we're going to do, stuff like that. Because um, we believe in evangelism, right? So it's a very, very good thing. So... Open up your word to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 4, okay? Let's get into prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for this time. We want to thank you for the opportunity that we get to be your children. And we love you, God. And we just want to know more about you and uh, what you have for us in our Christian discipleship, Lord. And we just want to thank you. Lord, get me out of the way. Let your word go through. We love you, Lord. We worship you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. Let's get into this, okay? So, um, you know, I'm, we're continuing our study in First Corinthians in a series that I'm calling Challenges That Christians Face. And one of the challenges that Christians face is the issue of finances, <laughs> And for the next four Bible studies, you know, I plan to preach on the subject of financial stewardship. Now, stewardship has to do with every facet of life. 
such as stewardship of the gospel, uh, of creation, uh, stewardship of work, stewardship of time, etc. And I'm going to focus ex- exclusively uh, on the the stewardship of finances. Now, I know some of you are like, oh man, I knew I shouldn't come on this morning or I shouldn't have watched this video or uh, another sermon about my, uh, on money or I don't have an, any money to spare. And these are messages that are not, these messages are not going to be for me. Well, let me address you for a moment. First, I want you to know that my teaching over the next four Bible studies is primarily intended for Christians, for those who are Christians. And if you're not a Christian, you need to know that God does not want your money. He wants your heart. And if you're not, and if you're not a Christian, you need a new birth before you learn to walk a Christian life. So my comments in the next four... Sorry, I'm having trouble hearing you. Um, the next... Uh, sorry. <laughs> She's active this morning. Let me turn her off real quick. There we go. Uh, let me try on some music too. Oh, here we go. Come on. There we go. Um, so let me rephrase this. Or let, let me re-say this. My comments in the next four Bible studies are intended for to help those who are already Christians grow stronger in this vital area of Christian discipleship. Second, I especially want to help those of you who are struggling in this area of Christian discipleship. You may feel a vague twinge of guilt because you're not giving much or anything at all to God. And some of you may be students and think that because you don't have a real job, you don't have to give. Others may be frankly embarrassed on your level of giving. You may you may feel like Dennis, Dennis the Menace's father. Uh, the family left church one Sunday and Dennis was shaking the pastor's hand and he asked, much to the embarrassment of his father, pastor, what are you going to do with the quarter my father put in the offering plate? Third, I believe that a proper understanding of biblical stewardship of finances can truly be revolutionized, be revolutionizing for you. Armed with a clear understanding of what scripture teaches on this subject, and by the way, scripture has a great deal to say about finances. You can grow significantly in your walk with God. So in the next four Bible studies, I plan on to cover the topics on why you should give, when you should give, in whom you should give, and how much you should give, and so on, right? And, and by the way, the material of this series is, is a, a, a from the messages that come from John MacArthur, from, uh, uh, you know, I, I hope you know who John MacArthur is, whose teaching on this subject I found very, very helpful. And I'm hoping that you will take this one area of your Christian walk Learn what scripture says about it. Apply it in your life and be greatly blessed. So with that in mind, let's read 1 Corinthians 16, uh, 1 through 4. In this text, Paul gives us eight principles regarding financial stewardship. And it says, now concerning the collection for the, and it says this, 
Now, uh, concerning the collection for the saints, I direct the churches of Galatia. So do you also prospered? uh, So do you also. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set something aside, saving whatever he has prospered, so the collections can be made when I come. And when I arrive, whomever you may approve, I will send them with the letters to carry your gracious gift to Jerusalem. And if it is fitting for me to go also, they will go with me. This is the fifth matter about which the Corinthians wrote to Paul, responding when responding to each question Paul used the term now concerning. We see this again, this expression used in chapter 7, 1, 7, 25, chapter 8, verse 1, chapter 12, verse 1, and also now in chapter 16, verse 1. Now see, at this point, Paul is responding to their question about how money is to be collected in the church. Paul's teaching here is rich with information, giving us the principles regarding financial stewardship. In order to understand the principles regarding financial service, we should know background information on concerning the collection. First, in terms of the background information, let's note the context of poverty. In the ancient world, poverty was a real issue because many people were so poor. Now, we seldom see the degree of poverty in this country, right? There are places in the world today where poverty is like it was in biblical times. But our society knows very little of that kind of poverty. We see poverty in LA and other stuff and homeless and stuff like that, but we do not see the poverty like it was in biblical times. And there's places in this world right now where there's poverty in biblical times. Now, I'm not trying to get you tripped out on you know, the, the poor. I'm just giving you context of poverty. In ancient times, poverty was such a was such a serious issue that society itself had taken steps to deal with it. For example, among the Greeks, there were an association known as Erona, Erona, Erenoi, right? I can never say uh, Greek words; it's so hard. These were associations with people that banded together to provide interest-free loans to the people who couldn't meet their financial needs. <laughs> The Jews did the same thing. In the synagogues, there were officials who were who had the responsibility to determine who would receive the funds earmarked for welfare. So it was common among the pagans, Greeks, and it was also common in the Jews to meet the people's needs of the poor. And, and so the church in the first century would certainly do no less if it was to defend the theology of love and compassion. Second, the terms of the background information, let's note that Paul's commitment, uh, the, the, the commitment of Paul. Poverty, the poverty situation results in a strong commitment from the, from the apostle Paul. And when, when Paul first began his ministry, he was 
called by the Lord Jesus, right? And later he visited Jerusalem and received an official commission from Peter, James, and John. They sent Paul and Barnabas to the Gentiles and told them to remember the poor. And in Galatians 2, uh, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, says Paul, when James, Cephas, Peter, that's Greek for Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars perceived the grace that was given to me that gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me that we shall go to the Gentiles and they too circumcised. Only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I am eager to do. Right? Now, in 1 Corinthians 16, Paul says that the collection of the money was for the saints in, in, in verse 1a. What, what saints? Well, it was for God's people in Jerusalem because in verse 3, Paul says, When I arrive, I will send those whom you've accredited by the letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. But why? Because there were plenty of poor people in Jerusalem. They had a real problem with poverty in Jerusalem. So Paul was collecting money for the poor people of God in Jerusalem. You can also look at that in Romans 15, chapter 15, verses 25 through 27. Third, in terms of background information, let's note the conditions of Israel, of, of Jerusalem, excuse me. Why is it that the people of God in Jerusalem were poor? There are at least four reasons why they were poor. The first reason is why uh, the people of God in Jerusalem was uh, was poor is of the poverty of Jerusalem itself. See, Jerusalem at the time of Solomon was rich, but in the time of Jesus and Paul, it was poor. It was overpopulated because it had become a religious Mecca. Numerous people came out to the city and many of them stayed. Consequently, it caused a certain amount of drain on the society's resources. And to make matters worse, at the, when at feast time, the city was literally overrun with people. As many as 2 million people, uh, additional people, uh, could have arrived to the city of Jerusalem at feast time. So there was always a strain on the resources in Jerusalem. The second reason why people of God in Jerusalem were poor is because of the persecution of the saints. The Christians in Jerusalem were poor because they were persecuted for their faith in Christ. And in many cases, there were not e they were not even able to get a job. No Jewish businessman wanted to support those who were confessing a crucified, rejected Messiah. You can look that up in, in Acts 1.8 and Thessalonians 2.14. And yeah, it's pretty crazy, right? But that's what was happening. You know, uh, the Jews didn't want to hire them because they, they had, they had, they, they, they were confessing a crucified, rejected Messiah. Because uh, the Sadducees and the Pharisees rejected Jesus as, as being the Messiah. The third reason uh, why uh, the people of God in Jerusalem were poor is because of the population explosion of Christians. On the day of Pentecost, many people came to believe in Jesus Christ. And no doubt, many people who received Christ in those days uh, were pilgrims from other cities. 
but after they became Christians, they stayed on in Jerusalem. They stayed on because of it was the location of the new church. And they lived in homes of other Christians. Something had to be provided for them. So there was an immediate uh, immediate drain on the resources of the church. And Acts uh, 244b says that had all things in common. When someone had a need, somebody else met it. We don't really see that today. When a person is need, we tell them to go uh, get on welfare or, you know, food stamps, right? Most people today don't bother to help others. It's a sad but true fact. You know what I mean? Or they go to the church or, you know what I mean? And, and, and it's like, we should be helping others despite what the church is doing and despite what the government is doing. And that's what Paul's saying in here. After a while, this became difficult. And and by the time you come to the end of uh, Acts 4, it is evident that they had drained their resources to the point that they had to sell their properties. And this couldn't go on forever because they would run out of land. So... You see the church moving through the book of Acts and you see a continuing drain on the church's resources because of the growth of the church. And the fourth reason uh, why people of God were, were in Jerusalem were poor was because of the shortage of food. See, they were poor in Jerusalem because there was a famine in the land. In fact, the church of Antioch, which was the first church planted outside of Jerusalem, had earlier sent gifts to Paul to those who were poor in Jerusalem. You can check that out in Acts chapter 11, verses 27 through 30. So these are the reasons for the poverty of God's people in Jerusalem. Now, because of the need in Jerusalem and the response to the instruction of Peter, James, and John to remember the uh, the poor. Paul spent over a year collecting money. He wrote to the Corinthians and asked them to have a part in this collection. Paul gave the Corinthians instructions that have provided the principles for the church throughout history as to how the church should best receive its funds. And Paul said that he would get the whole collection together and deliver to the church of Jerusalem. That And that's what pr- precisely what Paul did, right? In Acts 2.17, and I'm going to be using the NIV, it says, After an absence of several years, I came to Jerusalem to bring my people's gift to the poor and present, and present the offerings. Now, with that in mind, let's begin to look at eight principles concerning collections. And today I want to simply examine the first principle which is the purpose of giving right paul says in verse 1a now concerning the collection for the saints what is the purpose of giving stated in this passage it was for the saints in jerusalem it's it's the same collection that paul mentioned galatians 16 1b now he tells the corinthians about it paul Paul's point uh, here is is that the church is to make sure the funds uh, that funds its own needs, right? 
the church should not appeal to outside resources for funding. Notice that it's not one local church funding itself, but the local assembly in Corinth caring for the needs of one another's local assembly in Jerusalem. Now let's take a closer look at the purpose of giving, right? The Bible indicates that there are basically two financial purposes in giving. Giving is necessary for two reasons. First, giving is necessary to support the ministry of the Word. The ministry of the Word of God is the cornerstone ministry of the church. Without preaching of the Word of God, there is no ministry and has no real meaning. All the other ministries in the church flow from the preaching of the Word. And so the chief purpose for giving is to support the ministry of the Word of God. There are several texts of Scripture that indicates the necessity of financial support for the ministry of the Word. Philippians 4, chapter 4, verses 15 through 16, Paul responds to the Philippians by thanking them for the offering they gave him. And, and it says this, And you, Philippians, yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even Thess- Thessalonica sent me help for my needs once and again. In other words, Paul said that they supported him. And he said every, and he said, and he had every right to that support because he was involved in the ministry of the word. And in 1 Corinthians 9, 14, Paul says, in the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. In today's society, churches have erected buildings in which from the ministry of the word of God takes place. Now, it does not have to be that way, but most churches nowadays operate in a central facility. Made Free Church doesn't. We, all the pastors of this church, work a normal job and do this. You know what I mean? And 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 we don't, you know, our church doesn't receive anything as far as tithing except from the pastors. You know what I mean? It's sad, but it's true. And one of the reasons is because is we don't have a local building that we can meet in. We meet online. And and I think that, you know, um, and I'm not saying, oh, we want your gifts and stuff. I'm not saying that, you know what I mean? I'm saying that, you know, we we as pastors and, and believe in this church. So we do what we can to tithe and to give to this ministry because we believe in it so much, right? You know, in addition to the facility, there are ministries that promote the teaching of God's word, such as Sunday school, Bible studies, children's ministries, youth ministries, and you know, and the list goes on. To extent of that, these ministries are ministers of the word of God. They are to be supported by the people of God. So giving is necessary to support the, the ministry of the word. And as Christians... We are to give support to those who are financially needy. In other words, we are to give to meet the needs of the people 
whoever they are. Uh, there are people in the church who from time to time have their needs met as we supply what we don't have, right? What they don't have. Paul's collection from the Corinthians seemed to be primarily to support the those in financial need. No doubt that the uh, that there was financial needs of those needing help. Other monies were to be able to support the ministry of the word. In Hebrews three sixteen, it says this: "Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have." For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. And Jesus said, uh, quoted, uh, quoted in, in Acts 20, uh, verse 35b, um, saying, It is blessed to give than to receive. It's, it's a basic Christian truth that there is a great blessing as we give to support those who have a need in the church. But we not only support those in the church, the scripture teaches us to support those outside the church. Because Galatians 6.10, the Apostle Paul says, So then, we have an opportunity, let's do, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So, we are to do good to all people. A good example is the story of the Good Samaritan who went out of his ways to minister to a Jew, even though he came from a different culture and a different religion. And the Samaritans and Jews, didn't, they, the Jews hated the Samaritans. You can find that in Luke 10, verses 25 to 37. It's indicative that there are times when God wants us to do good, do good to those of who do not belong to the family of believers. So the purpose of giving is to support the saints, the church, and our giving to the church supports the ministry of the word and the ministries of mercy. All giving to the church falls under one of these two categories. But why do we support, why do we give support to the local saints? Surely we give to the glory of God for the good of his people, perhaps I could simply say that we give because God wants us wants uh, to use our giving to make a difference in the world. In the movie about Schmidt, Jack Nicholson uh, stars as as uh, William Warren Schmidt, a man uh, a man leading a life of quiet desperation. He retires from his vice president's job at, at an insurance company, looks back on his meaningless life. And he's looking ahead to his meaningless retirement. One day, he was watching TV, and uh, and uh, um, and Warren sees an opportunity to give money and write letters to an underprivileged kids in Tanzania. Warren responds to the appeal, and throughout the movie, he faithfully sends the twenty-two dollars a month and writes letters to the child called uh, Nagu. One of, on one occasion, after a long road trip, Warren comes home to his empty house, a metaphor of his empty life. And he walks in with an armload of, of impersonal junk mail. Warren amples, 
up the stairs, looks disappointingly and 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 really just at a disheveled state of his his home office. Through this scene, the audience hears Warren's voice over in, in the narration of a letter recently composed by Nagu. He pours out his intense feeling of emptiness. I know we're all pretty small in the scheme of things, and I guess it's, it's I guess the best hope for is to make some kind of difference. But what difference have I made? What in the world? Is better because of me. I am weak. I am a failure. There is no getting around it. Real soon I will die. Maybe 20 years. Maybe, maybe tomorrow. It does not matter. Once I am dead and everyone who knew me dies. It is though I never existed. What difference has my life made to anyone? None that I can think of. Hope things are fine with you. Yours truly, William Schmidt. At the end of the narration, the desperation on Warren's face gives way to wonder as he stares down at the letter from Tanzania. It is a letter from a nun who works in the orphanage where the six-year-old Nagu lives. She tells Warren that Nagu thinks of him every day and hopes that he's happy. Enclosed is a picture drawn by Nagu for Warren. Two stick people smiling and holding hands. Warren is overcome by the realization that he has finally made a difference. He lifts up his hands to his tired face and cries. Guys, God has called us to himself. He has given us a new life in Christ. We are the recipients of his amazing grace. He has made a difference in our lives. And he wants us to make the difference in the lives of others. It is with gratitude that we respond to the grace of God in our lives by wanting to make a difference in the lives of other people. And one way we do this is to use our financial resources that God has entrusted to us to support the ministry of the word and the ministry of his mercy. Give generously to a ministry of the word. Give generously to the ministry of mercy and make a difference for eternity. And I say this because there are ministries out there who need your support. There's been mega churches erected and and I live by like three of them. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, they need your support. But I think it's the smaller ministries, the ones who are actually really preaching the word of God, the ones that are actually doing something and going out and evangelizing and going out and, and making that difference. I think those are the ones who should be supported mostly. That's just my opinion. You know, made, you know, and, and, and with Made Free Church, we could use your financial giving. You know, we want to open up a, a you know, we, we, we want to open up a discipleship home for men and women. And we want to have our own church so we can gather and invite people to church. But we're not asking you for a giving. That's God's doing. But what we are asking is that if you're a Christian, you need to support a ministry of the Word of God. 
the ministry of mercy, a ministry out there that is doing something other than building and erecting a big mega church. Now, I'm not against mega churches. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? I don't like mega churches myself uh, because it's easy to get lost in and you don't really know the pastor. How's the pastor supposed to shepherd you if he doesn't know you? Um, I, that's why I don't believe in big mega churches. So, and that's the biggest reason why. Guys, I hope you got a lot uh, getting along. We're, we're going to spend the next four Bible studies in concerning collection. Um, so, I, guys, I hope you, you you enjoy this. A couple of announcements before I uh, go. If you'd like to support Made Free Church in any way, shape, or form, please go to madefreechurch.org. There's a giving tab. Um, on the website, and you can give three ways. You can give through our cash app. You can give through our uh, our uh, uh, our PayPal link, or you can send a check or money order to the address that's provided on the website. That's madefreechurch.org. And guys, uh, if you'd like to check out Tactical Discipleship, go to tacticaldiscipleship.org. Uh, we're looking for disciples, and we're looking for men and women to disciple. Now, as we disciple, we're looking for women, really. Um, just step up in discipleship. So if you know any women out there, have them go to Tactical Discipleship and sign up. If you're looking to be discipled, uh, go to Tactical Discipleship and sign up, and we can train. Uh, we can train the disciples. Also, we can disciple you through, you know, uh, 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 you know, FaceTime and stuff like that. You know, so it's it's really a big deal for us, right? If you'd like to check out my own personal blog, you can go to made, uh, you can go to servantforchrist.com, servantforchrist.com. And guys, please go check out our friends out at, at, at 120 Army. That's 120army.com. Go check them out. They've launched a new app, and they're just really good friends of ours. We love them. Go download the app on your Android or iPhone. Um, and get involved in the prayer app. They have, they go, you know, uh, Aaron goes on Sundays at 6.30 on Facebook, stuff like that. So get it, you know, guys, go check Aaron out, man. This guy's a man of God. Anyway, and uh, I want to thank you for watching. God bless you guys. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity that we get to spend with you in the morning. We love you. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you, God. Bless this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, you guys have a great, great day. May the Lord richly bless you. And uh, God bless. Oh, I'll be on uh, Friday morning. So, guys, uh, um, at uh, 5.30 a.m., I'll be on. So, check me out, okay? God bless you guys.